Welcome to the Control Alt Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm here today again with Yusi Roine and our guest, Martin Hruet. How are you guys doing? What's up, Yusi? Uh, all is good. Uh, I finished my IKEA project. I think I mentioned this perhaps a dozen times in previous episodes. And I bought the Dremel so that I can, I can get rid of my thumbs when I'm drilling something with it. But it's finished now. I'm using it. And I built the ventilation, everything. I was quite proud of myself. But that's, that's probably that that's filled my mind for the past two weeks. Do I get one table assembled or not? So I'm good now. Uh, how about for you, Tobias? So a couple of episodes back, I, I know I mentioned that I was going outdoors to the woods and doing hiking and sleeping in the middle of the winter, which sounded like a very dumb idea at the time. It's I survived, <laughs> obviously, because you're listening to this, hopefully. And, and that was actually quite nice. So I'm trying to make a habit of getting out more, doing hikes. We did 25 kilometers day hike, and then we found a wind shelter and just sleeping bags and put up a fire. And then we slept outdoors, cooked outdoors, everything. Um, and I found that every time I do that, I get so much new energy and I can focus for the coming work week. So definitely something to try out if, if you're an outdoor fan. Um, and we also have a guest today, uh, Martin. So we obviously yeah. want to know what, what you're up to, but also who are you? And can you just introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so my name is Martin Goed. I'm from the Netherlands or Holland, as we like to call it. And I run the enterprise security division at Wartel. And then I am an MVP and RD uh, focusing on security. Uh, I have not been hiking. I've been to the Canary Islands last week, uh, enjoying the sun, <laughs> doing a lot of nothing, and had to dodge a sandstorm coming back, which was epic. Uh, a lot of sand coming from the Sahara, but luckily I made it back. And this week, uh, apart from work, I'm focusing on building a magic mirror uh, and showing some of my solo power and other statistics on the mirror that uh, our family uses. So great hobby project, some deaf skills, but also some physical skills to get the mirror uh, set up. Oh, very nice. Uh, Tobias, I think we need to, in the future, we need to transform this podcast to this sort of do-it-yourself. How do you build cool cool gadgets without <laughs> yeah. breaking anything? Yeah, the, the IoT podcast for the handy. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, today we are talking about mastering Azure Sentinel. Uh, so we've mentioned Azure Sentinel a couple of times in the episodes before, but, but we haven't really gone through. And now that we have the, the real expert on this one. Uh, so let's, let's talk a bit about, about Azure Security and, and specifically Azure Sentinel. So, so Martin, how would you describe Azure Sentinel? What is it and why do I need it? Yeah, Azure Sentinels, I guess, a new service that uh, Microsoft announced last year. It had been in public preview earlier that year, and then around October, it went uh, general available. And uh, Microsoft calls it a cloud-native SIM. Uh, and a SIM really is where you gather a lot of the security logs and information. So Microsoft is providing a cloud-powered SIM that you can use for both workloads that are in the cloud in Azure or any competing uh, cloud, 
like AWS, uh, but you can also use it as a replacement for SIMs that you might already have on-prem. Um, and so it's as a service, no infrastructure to set up, but it's a new uh, security service uh, that uh, that's now available from Azure. So right. I, re I remember back before we had the cloud-powered CMs yet, uh, a lot of the times companies would say they, they're using something like Splunk or something semi-open source. And to me it now sounds, and what I understand about Azure Sentinel is that it's an enterprise-ready solution that then tackles all of your needs for storing, archiving, and managing your security and, and information event logs. Yes, well, it can certainly scale up to enterprise needs, uh, but I would also argue that it's suitable and available for any mid-size or smaller company. I think a lot of the companies nowadays need good protection and need a way to orchestrate and combine those signals and get an understanding of the security uh, alerts as they are happening. And so, yes, a lot of companies often more the bigger and larger enterprises had invested in on-prem solutions like uh, ArcSite or any of the ones you named. Uh, they are typically more like a data lake. So you try and send all of your logs into that SIM and then in that SIM you try and correlate the information and try and make sense of it all and then maybe raise an alert and work based off that information. But uh, that's quite a laborious and intensive way of doing it. Uh, it needs a lot of storage and uh, you could imagine that the cloud would require a new mindset uh, by itself uh, because it's not like a perimeter you're protecting or even the workloads that are changing from OS level to containers or PaaS services. So you have different entry points and I guess also a different mindset to uh, defend. And this is where a cloud native SIM potentially could really uh, align with those goals and make sure that we just don't send only logs. We still need logs, of course, but we, we want to make it more an orchestrate and get all of those signals from your endpoint, from your CASB, from any of those security solutions like Azure AD identity protection, and then combine those signals to start shaping this picture of what's happening in your cloud or hybrid environment. And I, you touch on a good point there, because um, a, a lot of the articles I've seen on a lot of marketing material is about, you know, the, the ready scene for the enterprise. But in our instance, we're a small company and I also use this every single day because it's my now go-to default single point of understanding what's going on because I can tie all these signals and activities into a single place and get notifications, get incident alerts. I can do hunting, if you will, and all of this. So when it comes to tying all these signals in, um, you know, the different connectors, can you build custom connectors or can you tie like custom other signals in other than ones that you see in the Azure portal? You can say connect Office 365, connect Cloud App Security, connect this and that. Can you build or connect any type of data source? Uh, on well, top of you, Sentinel. You could. I think the goal for Sentinel is to uh, gather all these signals, if not most of them, together, because to get this picture, you would need all of those uh, uh, that input. Now, there are a lot of connectors out of the box. If you open up Azure Sentinel, you see that there's 30 plus connectors at this point, and there's been more added every day and every week and every month. Um, and for the most popular ones that you named, like Office 365 or Azure AD, those are out of the box and um, they're even free. So if you ingest Azure AD or uh, Office 365 
data that's uh, the, you don't get any uh, charges for that data but if you have custom applications you can add them uh, it Azure Central itself is powered by Azure Log Analytics and Log Analytics has been around for a couple of years and there are a lot of ways to ingest data into Log Analytics uh, through scripts or any means that you find uh, easy to work with. And once it's in this Log Analytics workspace where Sentinel is configured, you can work with that data and start working with alerts or correlate them together with other signals. So Sentinel is kind of a, a layer that you put on top of log analytics and all the data is housed in there. So pretty much like you say, then whatever data you can put into log analytics, you can at some point expose in Sentinel, right? Absolutely. That's true. And uh, there are a couple of design considerations because you do see other products that use log analytics workspaces. And often when you start designing a Sentinel environment, you look at like what workspaces do I already have? Uh, should I reuse them or create another one? So there are some design considerations what you want to bundle uh, into that single workspace but yes once it's in that workspace then you can work with it and any of the features that sentinel has or even log analytics has like playbooks or hunting or azure workbooks to view and show dashboards those are things that will work off of that data in the workspace so one of the things that i saw just literally five minutes before we got to recording this episode i saw i think it was on twitter um, somebody uh, shared information about this uh, AZ Sentinel PowerShell package thingy, and I understood that's that's made by people at Vortel, perhaps. And and what caught my eye is that you're using an ANSI graphics in there, which which of course brings back memories from 1985 to me, when when life was still good. Uh, so so is this that you're building on top of Sentinel to to inject more data in there or is it for for building more admin controls or something else well the az sentinel project which indeed has some really cool anti graphics from when we were still young and beautiful <laughs> <laughs> is uh, is something we built uh, because we wanted to automate uh, around scenarios with azure sentinel uh, in the future, you'll see some of uh, the connector capabilities coming in. But today, it's really where if you want to create alert rules, if you want to create uh, things off of that Azure Sentinel data, you often go into Azure Sentinel or into the Azure portal. Uh, and what we wanted to do is create a PowerShell module that allows you to automate scenarios through a pipeline or maybe an Azure function or anywhere else where uh, you can programmatically work with Azure Sentinel. So that was the main driver behind the project. And we see the biggest use case at this point where people are automating their alert rules. There are repositories out there. If you're a SOC or SIM provider, uh, you might have a repository of your own. And those the Azure Sentinel module can be used to uh, programmatically push them into Azure Sentinel. So related to that, uh, one question I, I'm thinking about that comes to mind here is if you have this automation, it usually means that there's something that you want to reuse or, or use at scale. And you say people can bring their own alert rules. Are there any non-Microsoft like things that are not built in that are best practices or recommended rules we should add on top of Sentinel? So if I deploy it in my organization, is there somewhere other than the built-in stuff that I should go and look for good uh, type of rules that I could use in my own organization or is everything already in, built into 
essentially Sentinel. So the, I, would, I would say it as follows, is that if you're using all of the E5 products like Defender, ATP, the CASB and whatnot, you'll see that a lot of these uh, protections and detections are in those products and that they will send their signals into Azure Sentinel if you configure the connector and then you get the bigger picture in Azure Sentinel and you can work off of that. If you are not using one of those products, let's say you're not using Azure ATP, then there is this gap to fill where you wanna perhaps write some detections about identity abuse or DC rogue uh, abuse or something in that scenario. And so that will allow you to create some custom rules. Um, however, if let's say you're a new Azure Sentinel uh, customer, new SIM user, you want to think in use cases, like what are my use cases? What are my crown jewels? What do I need to protect? Those will have specifics to them, like for your company, for your setup, for your application that you always need to configure something for. And you'll have more generic and platform use cases on data exfiltration or so forth. And those will typically be balanced out. Microsoft will have a lot of these available in their products. There's also rules in Azure Sentinel and there are community repositories you can use on GitHub, for instance. Uh, but certainly there will be some that you uh, will create yourself. Plus, let's say a new attack vector comes out and we learn about some abuse today. You might want to set up some detections this afternoon and then you create some alert rules that you want to uh, make sure you detect on those new attack vectors. So Thinking about this for quite many years, often customers and Microsoft partners have been doing security in the cloud, uh, primarily starting with Azure AD premium licenses and, and those capabilities you get like identity protection and multi-factor authentication, the usual things that are quite easy to implement, configure, and then you tick them off from your to-do list and say, okay, we're secure now. So. If I'm a new company, as, as you mentioned, and I'm deploying my own services in Azure, I might have Office 365 in use as well. What do I really need to get started with Azure Sentinel? Do, do I need to purchase a license or do I just click, click, next, next, something, and then I'm good or something else? Well, the Azure Sentinel is a service in Azure that you can use on a pay-as-you-go basis. So you could go into your Azure portal, the subscription you have, create a new Azure Sentinel instance, and then you just start using for uh, the data you ingest. Now, do keep in mind that the Office 365 and the Azure AD data is free, so that doesn't get charged. And you do get charged for other ingestion, let's say a network device you uh, correlate on, or maybe a longer retention that you wanna have beyond, let's say a year. Uh, then you do get some charges, but they are pay as you use. So it really depends on how many volume you will be bringing in. If you're a larger enterprise, it will be slightly more. If you're a smaller company, it might be less. So it's a pay as you use. You don't need additional licenses. Now, I would argue that the better together story is really with E5. If you want to make sure that you get a lot of signals, not only the ones that you create alert rules for in Sentinel, it will make a lot of sense to look at Defender ATP. It will make a lot of sense to look at Cloud App Security and Azure ATP, for instance, because they will take work out of your hands. They will already have the detections in there. It will also protect you against some of these attacks. And then you just get the signal to work with in your use case. Okay, and now when you say E5, to me, I hear uh, with, with Windows Defender ATP and all that, that you're meaning Microsoft 365 
E5, not just Office 365 E5 license. True, yeah, because of, uh, like you said, uh, looking at Defender and other components, it's the Microsoft uh, E5 I'm talking about for sure, yeah. So one, one thing that I keep seeing coming up, like we talk about these signals and you get the alerts um, and you need to take some kind of action and you have now configured your built-in alerts, you have configured your custom alerts, just like you mentioned, you, you define your own crown jewels and this is what you really want to protect. Um, but then you start getting alerts saying something is odd or something is happening here. You know, what do I do? Because now I configure everything to give me an email or whatever action I need to take. How do I take action? How does Sentinel help me, you know, find the threat, if you will? I get a signal. Where do I start? What do I do next? Well, one of the first things you likely will be doing is investigate this alert um, or investigate the use case. Because if you're building use cases, you might be combining alerts like an unusual login uh, from Cloud App Security combined with a suspicious PowerShell execution from Defender ATP. And that picture will already be clearer once you start defining uh, and combining multiple alerts into one use case. But the next step would be an investigation. You can do some high-speed remediation by working with playbooks. If it's a known uh, attack or a known alert that you followed up beforehand, you might already have written a playbook that then uh, correlates what you wanted to uh, do. But you get into the investigation phase and Azure Sentinel has a button called investigate, uh, not coincidentally. And then it opens up a new page, gives you information about the entities at risk uh, the alerts that being raised, some other information that you could, uh, let's say, uh, bookmark for investigation uh, purposes. And then you can pivot off of that screen into next uh, alerts or entities to really understand what's happening uh, in your environment. So one of the uh, options would be to go into the investigation phase and or then reuse that in a playbook for automated uh, remediation. Okay. Uh, last night, I, I got my kids to bed super early. That doesn't happen often. And, and my wife was traveling. That doesn't have to happen often either. So I had this quality, quality time to spend on anything. So what I did, I started reading emails, of course. Uh, and, and I put on Netflix and, and I put on the Matrix movie, that first one, that the only one we acknowledge nowadays. And I got this idea when I was thinking about our upcoming recording on Azure Sentinel. So I'm not really sure if I want to do hunting and if I have these Jupyter notebooks and what have you. Is it the kind of the same thing I have in the matrix? I'm sitting in front of something and trying to identify patterns to react to something. So is this something you typically do with Azure Sentinel that you do hunting and you identify things? Or is it more of let's configure, let's define the rules, and then off you go and you get to do something else and wait for an alert or an email to happen. Right, well, I actually was thinking you were going to ask us about the blue pill or the red pill, where blue <laughs> would be the defender and red would be the threat hunter. <laughs> we get to that next. <laughs> we get to that next, okay, good. Um, yeah, so the hunting is a story by itself. Um, I would say it's an, uh, it's an advanced capability where you drill a bit deeper into uh, the situation that you found clues on. So in the investigation phase, you get some alerts. Uh, these alerts will hint you at um, 
stuff that's happening in your environment. You assess whether that's a true positive or a false positive. Once you do get to a true positive, you will have more um, a need for more information. Like, why is this happening? Did it occur earlier in the time? Uh, who's doing this? From what source? Uh, this IP address we found from who is it? Those questions you want to answer. And that's really what you do in the hunting phase. You, you take those questions, you find answers or hopefully find answers. And Jupiter is really a way of allowing you to combine uh, taking notes uh, because you find clues and you want to write them down and running code, like running a Python script or something else to, uh, for instance, get information about the IP address. Now, that is not something per se that you need to do yourself. There are companies you might have on contract that will help you or a SIM provider. But certainly, if you want to do that, you can take Jupyter. And with the new integration, it will launch a notebook that you can just use and then connect to various data sources and, and start querying them for more information. So is it is it always a, a type of Jupyter notebook that you do? Or I've seen automation options, like they call them runbooks. And can you do these in different different ways? Or is it always a Jupyter type of notebook? Well, I would say hunting is, uh, is, there's a famous quote by Robert Lee that says hunting is where automation ends. So if you can automate, uh, certainly there would be options to make playbooks and runbooks and whatnot. If you have an incident and you want to respond to it and you get into a hunting phase, then Jupiter is one option. There's many options. And certainly in the interface with Azure Sentinel, you can work with KQL queries with bookmark options and just stay within the interface uh, and not branch out to Jupiter. So there's no real requirement, but often you see that if it's a larger investigation, Jupiter will give you uh, the enterprise scale and advanced capabilities that you might require. Okay, so to kind of recap a bit here, because we've been touching on different aspects of Sentinel, if a company wants to get started with Sentinel, they can deploy that uh, to Azure Portal, for example. And then as part of that, uh, it deploys or requires a log analytics workspace where you actually ingest all the data, the logs, then you use Azure Sentinel to understand. And from there, you can build your custom rules. You can connect to different data providers like Azure AD, Office 365, and what have you. And then when you go deeper, if there's a need, you can build these Jupyter notebooks. Typically, I've, I've seen those being built with Python, so that's one option. But I believe you can get plenty of those from GitHub or the community or from companies specializing in building these additional solutions for Sentinel. And Microsoft just released a preview for a PowerShell engine in Jupyter. So that's a new project that, uh, that some Microsoft people are working on. So that's great. So if you have PowerShell skills, you'll be able to use that later on this year as well, which is a good uh, thing. But yes, starting with uh, Sentinel is easy. Um, one of the things I would argue, though, is uh, have a look at a blog I read, uh, wrote uh, called Design Considerations, because once you start uh, uh, well, gathering this information. If you're, for instance, in Europe, some of these GDPR requirements are there and you want to assess how the security of this log analytics workspace is handled so that you comply with those regulations. You might want to think about how to scale and how to uh, which connectors to enable, uh, how to work with privileged identity management for accessing the data and all sorts of questions that I found last year when deploying a lot of these Azure Sentinel um, options at companies. So I've written a blog about it if you want to have some of these questions answered before uh, ahead of time. Okay, let's let's make sure to add that in the show notes as well as the AZ Sentinel uh, PowerShell project that you mentioned before. So, so what about GDPR in the sense that 
often when I talk with security-oriented people, they sometimes kind of don't even want to open the door to, to storing sensitive data in the cloud. They want to have all of that on-prem. My understanding is that Azure Sentinel is public cloud, so you need to choose an Azure region. You need to choose that your log analytics workspace will be there, which means that you will store all of your CM data in there. Is there any aspect or insights you could perhaps provide that why don't we need on-prem or do we still need it for something? No, I, like you said, I want to underline that you're using an Azure region, an Azure data center, and all the things you already love about Azure are there. So you know how to really locate your data and where it's at. Uh, but also if you want to scale it, then uh, the, the same region effects apply to this log analytics workspace. Now, the great thing is last year we had this new functionality where we can do even more granular uh, security on a log analytics workspace because you could imagine that SecOps people that work at a tier one uh, might need information about the alert and some other basic information, but maybe not all of the data in the workspace yet. Uh, certainly not if some of the data is personal identifiable. So other people, maybe a tier three threat hunter, might need all of the data and might be classified and has procedures on how to use it and disclosure on it. So you can do a lot of these things now in a log analytics workspace. You can lock it down on a table level, for instance. You can do a lot of things that comply with these regulations. And, uh, and certainly in the mix with what Azure already provides, we feel quite confident that uh, you don't need an on-prem solution anymore. We actually see bigger enterprises and mid-size and smaller companies uh, switching to Azure Sentinel for multiple reasons. One is they, the new cloud defender mindset where Azure Sentinel works uh, great for, but also the fact that these other products they had up until this point are a lot of maintenance, a lot of cost involved to run them on-prem and now they're switching to the cloud because actually it meets their requirements from their CISO office. So we have not run into any challenges yet that we couldn't solve with all the technical functionality in the platform today. And again, if you want to know about access and authorizations, uh, there's, a, there's another blog you could look at that I uh, wrote even the, the code that you can use if you want to use it in your environment. Great, I'll just copy paste that into my environment and, and I'm sure that'll work straight off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the modern developer, right? You, you find something online and you just copy paste it and, and hope everything is okay. <laughs> I have no idea what it does, but it looks cool. <laughs> I would suggest looking at the code and re remodeling it for your purposes. <laughs> I'll make a note of this. <laughs> um, plenty of thoughts on Azure Sentinel. Is there a is there any angle to Azure Security Center? So that's typically what all subscriptions have enabled by default, at least a free tier. So if I now have Azure Security Center on, do I need Azure Sentinel on the side? Do they complement each other or is there an overlap? What should I do with these two at the same time? That's actually a great question. I think it's probably the number one question we get on uh, on Azure Sentinel, like will it replace my Azure Security Center? And uh, it certainly will not replace your Azure Security Center. There's different angles to it. Azure Security Center is really about workload protection where you get protections against certain types of attacks occurring in your uh, VMs, in your containers and uh, on your network. 
And there's a compliance aspect also in Azure Security Center where you can have a look at, am I meeting my controls and how am I doing for my compliance framework and uh, how am I doing, for instance, from a secure score perspective? So am I uh, improving my security posture? So these things are in Azure Security Center today and depending on free or the standard tier, you can use uh, some of these. Uh, they will actually integrate with Azure Sentinel. So anything we detect within Azure Security Center can be brought into Azure Sentinel as a signal, again, for one of those use cases where you see something happening on the identity level, something on the network level, and perhaps done on a workload on Azure, which will then raise a P0 alert and tell you that you need to respond immediately. Uh, and Azure Security Center is then still uh, something that helps same like Defender ATP or something in the network that you have configured for uh, for workload protection. Uh, you can use it as a combination and, and either works and either works in a complementary fashion. Okay. Um, so if I'm a Microsoft partner now, let's say I have three customers, I'm overseeing their cloud and on-premises uh, infrastructures. Is there a way for me to use Azure Sentinel like one instance for three different customers or should I deploy Azure Sentinel per each customer, like separate instances? There will be different approaches to it, but um, I think one of the approaches I would take, certainly with the GDPR uh, situation, is that a workspace per customer would work fine, uh, which leaves data at their disposal. And, um, and then you can use that in combination with Azure Lighthouse that you as a managed service provider can still access that instance, still work with the alerts, still create the alerts or whatever you need to do uh, from your tenant to their tenant. So I would argue that one way to approach it is having a Sentinel workspace per customer using Lighthouse to really aggregate alerts and then our AZ Sentinel module to programmatically work if you want to create a rule for every workspace, which makes it really easy, certainly if you put that into a pipeline, for instance. So, but if you are a managed service provider, you could potentially use a central workspace in your MSP environment, but I would foresee some challenges about data uh, and regulations there. But it's really up to that MSP to make this uh, choice. But Lighthouse, if you've not heard of it, uh, for any of the listeners, go look up Azure Lighthouse. As an MSP, it will not only benefit Azure Central, but anything you're doing in the Azure space for them. Okay, so the next time I get the kids to bed early, I know what I'll be building at home. A magic mirror. <laughs> exactly. yeah, that too, that too. <laughs> Alrighty, so this was a quite deep look into Azure Sentinel. Uh, Tobias, anything to add here? Did we miss out on anything? There's one final thing on top of my mind um, before we go to the to the word of the day section, which is also a standing feature in, in, this, uh, in this show, and that's uh, customer managed keys. Have you worked anything with this? And is this something I need to care about so I can encrypt data going into Sentinel with a custom key versus just clicking the button and use Sentinel as is? Um, so at this point, I think uh, we've, we've not looked into that option. We see a lot of customers now doing pilots and POCs and uh, they're trying to validate if it works for them. But I know that uh, coming in the, in the future that you could certainly do so. So uh, I'll, I'll be happy to talk about that in the future or if you have any insights, love to learn them as well. But uh, I guess that's a good uh, question. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's pretty new. I, I was looking earlier on the website and it says uh, only for new customers. And if you email this specific email at Microsoft to request um, to be able to enable this feature, then you can start using it, which is why I, I know that you've worked with Sentinel a lot. So, but I haven't heard anyone actually use that yet, but I'm very curious how that works in. in well, I know there's a preview coming up uh, later in the, in the coming months uh, that will allow you to do something with your own keys. But uh, uh, once enterprises start shaping up their Azure Central deployment, I guess it will be available for them to test and see if that makes sense. All righty. Good stuff. So moving on to the last bit, word of the day. So today we have Finnish, Swedish, and Dutch. And, and maybe someday in the future we have 20 guests at the same time and we have 20 words of word of the days. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's start with the Swedish one first. So in Sweden, uh, one thing that I wanted to bring up is, like in, in English, uh, we, we don't say in Sweden, beat around the bush. Uh, we say walk uh, like the cat around hot porridge. <laughs> which is a bit, yeah, it's a bit odd, if you will. Um, so for example, to delay or avoid talking about something difficult or unpleasant, just stop beating around the bush and tell me what's up. That's what you would say in English. In Sweden, we would just say, um, stop walking around the cat, uh, like the cat around hot porridge. And in <laughs> Swedish, you say this, Gå som katten kring het gröt. So wow. yeah. Wow. Let me, let, let, me, let me try this first. Uh, so in Swedish, I would say, Go some cotton kring het gröt. That's pretty good. Yes. Martin, but... Martin, do you want to give it a try? Go cotton kring het gröt. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not bad at all. <laughs> all righty. Uh, finish next. And I picked something that, that fits the topic today. Uh, so often you meet with security experts and there's a bit of a wordplay here we can we can introduce in here. So the Finnish word is a security expert in Finnish. So this is two words. And let me say it first and then I'll say what the, what the wordplay is. So in Finnish, a security expert is tietoturva-asiantuntija. <laughs> Did you bring your own encryption key? <laughs> yes, it's uh, base 64 encoded and what happened? <laughs> Yes, and if you want to have a bit of a wordplay, this is a super old joke, but I can't resist introducing it here. If you switch one character, the V character, with an H, uh, meaning you would say, asiantuntija, almost the same, not quite, it then becomes a, a, a person who worries about the futile and useless security things. So it, it, <laughs> it, it, it makes it the opposite then. <laughs> nice. So I would say Tito Turva Asiantutia. Yeah, 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 that's great. Yeah, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure if I'm trusting you on this word though. <laughs> so, Toby, you want to give it a try? Um, yeah, I mean, I would try to reproduce what you just said, and that's Tito Turva Asiantutia. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You are ready to move to Helsinki. With there you an go. Expert. He's an We've yeah. practiced a couple of Finnish words now for 21 times, so. Yeah, yeah. Already. What about finally, the Dutch? Dutch? Yeah, the Dutch word. I uh, I brought a word that doesn't translate into English directly. It's uh, it means something along the lines of having a great time. We're always trying to find a word that best fits in English, but there's no real translation. So I'll just say it. Uh, it's called gezellig, and I think we just had a very gezellige tijd. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I cannot do I cannot do the throat sound. I can read it. To me, it's gazelleig, but <laughs> then the, the g becomes something totally different. It doesn't exist. Gezellig. Yeah. All right. There you go. Well, so, we, had a, uh, we had a gezellig time. <laughs> so <laughs> so what's what's the difference? What's the difference between gezellig and and lekker? Lekker is like tasteful often. It's uh, regarded in some like tasting or, or uh, something with food, for instance. But gezellig is like, we're together here, 30, 40 minutes of a great show, then that's gezellig. That's like, oh, we're here together discussing cool stuff. And, but it could be a birthday party. It could be anything that's gezellig. Okay, anything so that's gezellig. I will so definitely as, use this. As, as one of my Dutch friends would say, naja. Naja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so this was Mastering Azure Sentinel with Martin Hood. Thanks for attending. This Thank you was for fun. Me. We definitely have to do this sometime in the future again. Thank you. All right. Until next time, have a good time. Thank you for tuning in to the Control Alt Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.